Welcome to the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio, the podcast for talent acquisition aficionados, HR lovers, and recruitment professionals out there looking to get inspired and challenge traditional approaches to hiring. Here, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the recruitment process, engaging fresh talent, managing tough internal hiring dilemmas, and of course, the future of talent acquisition. I'm your host, Sim Samra from Recruitee. I'll be quizzing the experts, asking the burning questions, and of course, bringing you great guests each episode. By the end of every episode, we'll offer a few hypotheticals and of course, tips to take back to your team and workplace. I'm joined today by Ella Minkina, the talent acquisition tech lead at Park Now. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks, uh, Sim. Hello, everyone. I'm super happy to be here and share some of my experiences. So today we're going to be discussing a little bit about aligning business with talent. But before we get into that, I first want you to give a brief introduction about yourself. Who are Park Now? What does your recruiting process look like? And how many people have you hired? Uh, so Park Now, also probably known to uh, the wider uh, auditory Spark Mobile. Our main product is mobile app for cashless parking, uh, which is a kind of very cool product to have in the market as it taps in a number of various important topics currently. Uh, mobility, mobile apps, smart cities, uh, sustainability, and so on and so forth. Our TA team is relatively new. Our manager joined Park now a bit more than a year and a half ago. And she was the one who built our team. So for now, we actually, we're only four people, which I would say is quite a small team for such a big office. We're around 440 people across Europe. So we have one corporate recruiter responsible for the non-tech roles, one coordinator, and myself, uh, who is on the tech side. Yeah, and if you if you ask me about the hires last year, uh, then I would say we had a, quite a successful year. And if we're talking tech, uh, then we actually hired uh, or made 80 offers last year. That's a nice number. You built up your recruitment strategy almost single-handedly with such a small team. What strategies have worked best to help you fill more positions, get better quality candidates, and decrease your time to hire? As a team, our main focus here was really to work together with the business, understand their needs, goals, uh, of course, give insights to the current market, and yeah, sort of educate business on the fact that the market has changed, and now it works in all sorts of uh, different mysterious ways. Old practices do not really work anymore, and even uh, though in our minds we're still a really cool company to work for, there are no really queues of applicants knocking at our door asking for a job. We all do know the market has never been more tough than it is now, and not everyone can compete with tech giants over the same salaries, perks, etc., etc. So all the players need to come up with something unique uh, to attract talent. What's important to understand here is that talent acquisition as an institution or a separate internal department has gone through a huge disruption, which resulted in a complete transformation of talent acquisition. And I think only as of recent, as talent acquisition actually we do get to say at the table, uh, our opinion started to matter and the business has started to value internal talent acquisition input more and more. And we stopped being really seen as a CV ge- uh, generator or uh, just an agency coordinator, let's say. Most important is the fact that the business starts seeing working alongside me uh, and hiring as a part of their strategy to achieve their goals rather than try to use me as some sort of a reactive tool to fill the gap in their team. 
On the other side, I think also social media uh, became some sort of a must-have tool for, for our industry. Uh, you really need to be out there. And a fair share of my time goes to organizing meetups, sponsoring meetups and conferences, attending conferences, sending our tech teams to guide workshops, perform speeches, share knowledge. And this actually not even directed uh, on active hiring, but it's really to be out there, to be part of the community, to add value in one way or another. Uh, what's also important here, I think, is to have a very strong referral scheme. So every single employee is making use of their network. To make sure it works, though, it's not enough just to have it. You really need to boost it, uh, promote it, find out what your teams are motivated by to actually refer people. And if you see the rise in the amount of referrals, you also know that people are happy where they are. And of course, they're happy to refer the network or their friends. Yeah, referrals are a super powerful tool for recruiters to use. I wanted to just quickly go back to your social uh, media strategy, because you talk about hosting meetups, attending them. Um, have you seen much traction from the industry, from candidates? Yeah, definitely. But again, it's not really directed to, to the active hiring it's really to build relationships it's yeah. really to be part of the community it's so important because we want to come across as a tech company mm -hmm. uh, but if we are not really doing anything that's adding value to the tech community we're not really there yeah we're we actually no one so definitely that's definitely a very important thing to do okay i just want to move into the theme of marketing and recruitment as the lines blur even more between marketing and recruitment, the best brands are bold and authentic, sharing what it's really like to work there. How has ParkNow created an authentic message and tone of voice for its brand so that candidates know exactly what to expect as an employee? Hard work. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, as a brand, uh, we actually have undergone a massive, tra a massive transformation and rebranding. Last year, we became part of a new urban mobility venture, which is owned by BMW and Daimler, mm -hmm. uh, and it's called You're Now. And there are five different verticals that are targeting different aspects of uh, mobility. So there's Reach Now, um, Share Now, Free Now, Charge Now, and Park Now, we're obviously mm -hmm. right now. Probably you've seen those of the companies uh, yeah. around. I do personally believe that a brand is always at the heart of all the communication with candidates. And in the current really, really, really crowded uh, hiring landscape uh, where everyone is trying to stand out, it's extremely important to have a clear, memorable brand. Yep. Uh, before this rebranding has uh, been done by our marketing team, it was quite difficult to bring our uh, name out there. There were really strict guidelines. Yep. Uh, we had to really uh, follow and make sure we appear with the right name. It was really confusing. It was quite a, quite difficult to juggle uh, with the name, look and feel, visual changes. Um, and since one of my goals was to really bring our name out there mm -hmm. and have it recognized in the tech community and be as and come across as a tech company, uh, we really had to find our way around that and yeah, juggle between Park Now, Park Mobile. Yeah. So it was a uh, yeah, it was a challenge. Uh, now, when absolutely everything has changed uh, from our company page to career page, to job descriptions, to tone of voice, to look and feel, I'm also super happy that we've actually been able to participate in it as well uh, and help to create job descriptions, influence the look and feel, think of visuals, etc. Mm -hmm. We do use a lot of pictures of our own employees uh, and created digital stories as well. And they're shared through videos about current employees. Yeah. Uh, it gives them sort of a chance for candidates and potential future employees to have an emotional connection mm -hmm. uh, with our employer brand. 
And now when we're fully rebranded, yay, <laughs> I find it at times challenging to, to use our new name and other people still refer to the old name. But it also gives me a chance to kind of tell our journey, which creates or at least start creating some sort of a, a candidate experience as well. Okay. Uh, when sponsoring the events uh, or t- being at the conference or taking part in workshops, meetups, or just being out there, it uh, doesn't matter actually what, what, what we are doing. What I'm getting is a constant feedback from third parties uh, that we actually have very authentic, free, relaxed way of communication uh, with each other, mm-hmm. uh, which is very rare as well, the bigger the company grows, uh, the more corporate, the more politically correct it gets. Yeah. Uh, and then you don't really feel yourself uh, and you know how to uh, come across in public. Sure. Um, and I'm super proud of this. And it means that we're doing something right. Uh, we don't just show it on paper and talk about how amazing we are, what perks we have, uh, use cliche slogans. We actually do live up to the expectations. And that really helps despite the growth and scaling up and the whole scaling up process that we're currently going through. We really do still manage to keep uh, our culture and bring the right people um, on board. You have offices across Europe, yeah. correct? How do you manage to maintain that culture? Because you're so broad now, it's a vast yeah. company. Um, how do you maintain that? It is a good question. And I don't think that you can copy-paste the culture from country to country. We yeah. have offices in the Netherlands, in the UK, uh, in Germany, and Belgium and France. And they do differ. And, well, there are cultural differences, and I think that's absolutely normal. Uh, the most important thing here is to really keep the vibe yeah, and keep the happiness. Uh, and we do it, well, by just communicating with each other, by traveling, by seeing uh, each other, by involving everyone in different activities yeah. and actually having this communication. And the whole rebranding actually helped as well. Because now all our offices look the same. Mm. We kind of get the same vibe. We do get the same goodies and things yeah. like this. So... Like, we all now can relate to each other, but it is a challenge, of course. And I think there always will be cultural differences, but that what makes it fun. Okay. The current job market is very candidate-driven, meaning recruiters don't always pick the talent. Talent picks you, and they do it based on their candidate experience. So what are you doing to help build and strengthen your candidate engagement? Generally, I would say it's important to stay personal and keep candidates informed about the whole process. It's also really important to have an exciting story about your company, to inform them about the receipt of the application, keep a timeline for getting back to the applicants, whether it's a screen call, rejection, or any other possible update. But it's also giving them a chance uh, to ask questions, express their feedback or opinion. I do think that's also quite important is to not to oversell the role uh, or the company or the culture or anything that we actually don't do. Yeah as it might have a complete opposite effect. In the busy times that we're in, with rising artificial intelligence, automation, digitalization, we tend to lose human touch. Mm -hmm. That, of course, affects the way we build relationships with candidates. Um, While I'm more than happy to automate a few of my tasks, I'm really not ready to let go of human contact and transparency. Uh, even if we're going through a messy decision-making process internally or suddenly we realize that we're missing a step or someone was supposed to be involved at the earlier stage or anything like that, I try to really keep candidate informed and updated and also be quite open that mm-hmm. it's our fault. Well, we're not 100% organized. Yeah. This also kind of gives me, on the other hand, to test the candidate and see how they would react uh, in this situation because... 
well, whether we like it or not, these situations will occur at some point yeah. uh, anywhere. And if the candidate is not motivated enough to stick through that process, it's also okay. And I think it's good that we actually identify that in the early stage. Even though the candidate is a king in this market, I still would not advise to hire for the sake of hiring. Uh, it might cost actually the business way more on the long run um, mm -hmm. rather than not having a person at all. Yeah, I think you made a really um, good point about having a balance between automation and personalization because candidates do want to be seen as individuals and not just um, the same as everyone else, you know. So um, I think you can't lose that side of personalization. Uh, no, I think it's definitely. super important. Okay, let's move on to a little bit more about the candidate experience. Do you measure and analyze your current candidate experience? And if so, how? For us, uh, to be fair, it's very early stages. Mm -hmm. uh, but this year, we definitely are looking into this matter and making it a really robust part of our recruitment strategy. Yes. By delivering, of course, a nice kind of experience, we can significantly boost our reputation, we can stay memorable, uh, we can get more quality uh, and quality candidates through the door. Uh, so we are considering a few tools. Uh, we are looking at how we can cal calculate better our NPS score, uh, what surveys mm -hmm. um, uh, we can send out to help us actually find uh, what we can improve and so on and so forth. So we're looking at implementing a few of these in Q2. So then after the pilot version, I'm more than happy to share our experiences. Great. Companies are often wary of giving specific feedback to rejected clients. This could be for a number of reasons. They don't have the time. There could be a fair of legal issues. Do you ever provide feedback and do you think recruiters should? I don't see an issue with recruiters giving feedback uh, to rejected candidates. We're happy to give a good feedback. We're happy to make offers. So we also should be actually skilled to provide a different type of feedback, and it's part of the job. I can't stress enough, though, the fact that it is a skill and it needs to be trained uh, and developed. It's important to create a positive experience, even if it's a rejection, as it also creates a memory and impression about your company. Mm -hmm. Providing a constructive feedback can actually really benefit someone's further search uh, or really crush their confidence. And we don't really want to do that. Do that. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's quite important to collaborate with the business and stakeholders to actually understand mm -hmm. what were the exact reasons from their side uh, before we blur out something really vague to the candidate. Yeah. And sometimes it can actually be, the situation can be turned around. And if we really know the reasons, we can uh, demonstrate some other valuable skills that the candidate showed throughout the process and mm -hmm. change the hiring manager's uh, point of view. But I think it's a whole new different topic. Uh, but in all seriousness, the market is, yeah, it's big, but it's also quite small. Everyone knows each other. And I think our reputations are really, really fragile. I don't think we can run a risk of neglecting rejected candidates. And you never know, we might also need them in the future as well. Most recruiters have their own personal style, uh, but when I reject someone, I put myself in their shoes. I think what would really help me at this stage, and I do try to deliver the message, uh, keeping it still quite honest and direct. It doesn't have to be blunt, uh, but definitely should give some sort of the right perspective, tips for improvement, and trust me, all of it can be as said in a constructive, mm -hmm. um, tactful, and even friendly manner. You sound like a very empathetic recruiter. 
putting yourself in the shoes of the candidate. And... I try to be. I mean, we've all been there, right? We've all <laughs> yeah. looked for jobs at some point, and at least it's in our power to to help some of them out there, uh, some of yeah. us out there. And I think that that's really useful. Yeah, I think the issue with this comes in for um, high volume hiring. Automation is such a useful tool in that case to send out messages to people. You can't really personalize it so much. No, that, um, that's that's true. But it also, I guess, depends uh, at what stage we're rejecting the candidates. If the candidates yeah. are being rejected just at the filter out stage or yeah. just the screening, then it's a bit easier because you haven't actually created that personal uh, connection yet. Yeah. But if the candidate has gone through, let's say, uh, various rounds of interviews, then I think we do need to make time and, mm-hmm. and then make it a bit more personal. And to be honest, we win from it on the long run, definitely. Okay. Candidate relationship management is a great way of bringing back quality candidates who didn't make the cut the first time. Do you have any advice or tips on how to keep these candidates interested and engaged for future hiring opportunities? In my view, uh, it's actually an amazing source for a great talent. Uh, normally, we just need one person for the job, but it doesn't really mean that all the rest of the candidates were bad. Of course, that depends on, on, on the reasons why they were rejected. Uh, and actually, often second best candidates do get an offer, uh, for example, in the situation when the, the, the first candidate withdrew the application mm-hmm. or we couldn't proceed for any other reason. And also actually circulating uh, to my earlier thoughts on how to reject candidates. It is important to keep an open communication, be realistic uh, and really keep that honesty. We need to ask them also, well, whether they're still happy to be in touch, uh, whether they're open to be contacted about other opportunities. Uh, it definitely should be, though, a fake, fluffy or generic kind of conversation. But on the contrary, it's important to show them that what we liked about them and how they can bring value to our company given the right opportunity Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes it's good to give them even a timeline for when we're expecting maybe some other opportunities to arise and yeah i agree how how often uh, should we reach out to them but i also do feel that it should go both ways and well if they like the company if they follow the company they will always see the open vacancy and they also should feel free to to reach out to us when they're interested in in a specific role okay I want to just ask you a question about how your recruitment techniques have evolved in your seven-year career. Wow, seven years. Uh, It's a long (laughs) time, yeah. Yeah, I never actually think about it. But yes, well, I'm hoping they have evolved. Uh, Otherwise, it would have been quite a dull (laughs) journey for me so far. In my recruitment career, I've managed to work for for an agency uh, and also to build up and train uh, our sourcing team there. I've been also an in-house recruiter, a corporate recruiter for really uh, non-tech, uh, non-IT related roles. Uh, and then now, well, I'm back to the to the tech market, uh, like the challenge. And yeah, I just like to be responsible for the tech recruitment internally for a larger organization and also be responsible for offices across Europe. Mm-hmm. I've definitely learned that a cookie cutter approach is not going to work for every organization yeah, each organization and the company needs some sort of a tailored way of, of recruiting. I've definitely also learned that having an organization that supports talent and has people as its priority goes a really long way. At a risk of being criticized by probably a large part of recruiters out there, uh, I have to say that even though there is a great number of new tools, I do stick to the ones that do bring me the most of results. 
which is networking, referrals, building long-term relationships with candidates, social awareness, good old LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, Stack Overflow, GitHub, uh, and many more that are my favorites. Nevertheless, it is quite still useful to follow the new trends, test out new tools. And I think being a good recruiter is really subject to a really continuous improvement and having an open mind to, to share knowledge and practices with my fellows, uh, with the teams that I work with. I do think that we do need to adapt to the digital era, to the markets, and I do always tweak the way I work with the business and, uh, yeah, try to evolve. Excellent. Well, Ella, thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. And um, we'll see you at the next podcast. See ya. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And of course, if you did, feel free to share it on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or wherever you're most active. And if you'd like to be updated on when our next podcast is going to be released, you can sign up at blog.recruity.com slash podcast. See you in the next one.